Um, so this week, uh, Jeremiah 23, 1 through 8, very short little passage. Um, but as I was looking through that passage, it's, there's, a, there's a ton in that passage that's, I think, uh, very important for us as Christians. Um, I pray that, that last week that we were all changed by what we learned, um, that God is our strength in all of our situations, and that he fights the battles for us. And he did this in the, in the biggest way on the cross, that Christ won the battle to save us. On the cross. Um, in this set of verses, um, kind of the overarching uh, theme of these verses, and that we're going to kind of go through a little bit one by one, is that um, we're going to dig into the characteristics of a true godly shepherd. Um, in a sentence, the God shepherd provides for his sheep. The God Shepherd provides for His sheep. Um, and looking at this, I, I kind of want to bring your attention and thoughts to an idea that's kind of driven our study along to this point. And really, I pray that it impacts all of our study, especially my study, as we continue in the Scriptures um, for the rest of our lives. Um, and that is, how can I see Christ in all of Scripture? How can I see Him in all of it? That's an important question for us to ask as Christians as we look at any passage in Scripture. How do I see Christ in this? Um, that seems difficult in some places. We know that. We know it does seem difficult in some places. When you're slogging through Leviticus, sometimes it can feel pretty hard to see Christ in that, right? And, you know, but we can if we dig, you know. But I think this uh, is is a what we have coming here is like a really good place to see Christ. He is like on display in the Old Testament here. But we need to see him as the, the point and the culmination of all Scripture. All Scripture was written to point us to Christ, to bring us to him, to, so that we can see him. And all of those things in Scripture connect to him. Here's some examples. Uh, Matthew, the book of Matthew, on average, there is at least one Old Testament allusion or quotation in every chapter. That's a lot. Um, another way we see that is in the first Christian sermon in Acts. We know that Peter stood up among the men and he began to preach a sermon, right? Well, he pointed to the death and resurrection of Christ and he used Joel chapter 2, Psalm 6, and Psalm 110 to do that. And then we look at the book of, book of Hebrews. I don't know uh, how many of you have studied this or seen this, but the book of Hebrews is actually considered to be a sermon built on the text of Psalm 110. All of these scriptures joined together in this beautiful tapestry that points to one purpose, and that's to point us to Christ. And all the threads link together. Christ himself highlights this in another, in another scripture. He had risen from the dead, and there was a couple guys on the road to Emmaus. 
And they were talking about how awful things had happened, and they didn't know where the body of Jesus was. And Jesus walks up and says, um, basically, what are you guys talking about? What are you talking about? And they tell him, and, and he admonishes them. And then he says in verse 27 of Luke chapter 24, he says, it says, Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. So, the, the, the scripture itself is a clear representation of Christ as the culmination and the point of scripture. And this scripture that we're looking at right now, Jeremiah 23, 1 through 8, it actually is a representation of the coming Messiah, Christ, in, in, in a beautiful way. It's, uh, and it's something that we should have close to our hearts, you know, into our minds right now because it's about the coming of the good shepherd. And, and we've just gone through John. And if there's anything that tells us that Jesus Christ is the good shepherd, it's John, right? And it's evident in this text. So I want to kind of start digging into it, looking at the context of where we are uh, in this passage, you know, as we've gone through. You know, we haven't gone through all at this point because of our time constraints that we're having here. But what we have seen is some very clear things about shepherds that are that are present in Israel now. Um, they've had some terrible shepherds leading them, terrible ones. Uh, chapter 10 uh, of, of Jeremiah describes these shepherds as stupid and scattering. It says your shepherds are stupid and they are scattering the people, basically. In chapter 12, it describes the shepherds not as uh, keeping a flock together, but as destroying the nation. But in all of that, God makes sure to tell them more than once in Scripture that he affirms that he is the one who is the shepherd. That these bad shepherds that are coming and leading the people aren't the shepherd that he is. So, I want to go through several points here on this scripture, and let's see if we can um, we can gather where he's going and, and what the point of this whole thing is. So the first point is very simple. Bad shepherds scatter the sheep. We know this. Um, we've seen uh, sports teams. We've seen sports teams that have maybe had even had a, a good run, but then a bad coach comes in, right? What happens? The team falls apart because a bad shepherd is going to scatter their sheep and not bring them together as a team. And you see the opposite, right? Like y'all's, some of y'all's team, the University of Alabama. I remember the Mike years. I remember Mississippi State beating Alabama. And then came Saban, right? And then he comes in, and what happens? He knows how to coach. He, bring, he develops the team. And then next thing you know, you got national championships again, right? So we see... Bad shepherd scatters, so we can then say that a good shepherd would would gather, right? A shepherd is is meant to care for all of its all of the sheep's needs, right? The sheep know and love and desire to be close to the shepherd because the shepherd makes sure they have everything they need. And the shepherds of Israel had not cared for the sheep. They lined their own pockets, they fit in, tried to fit in with the times, they 
developed idols. They did all these things. And so the sheep had been neglected. And because of this, they had scattered. And that's where, that, where they had scattered to was these other idols, these other gods, these other ways. Instead of coming under the leadership of God, being led by a good under-shepherd of God, they've been thrown to the wolves, so they go towards the wolves. Um, and in fact, these shepherds that were supposed to be leading Israel and Judah, guess what they actually are? They're wolves. And we actually see wolves in the church today. And we have to be cautious about what we listen to, you know, on Christian radio and, and Christian broadcasting because there's wolves everywhere that only desire one thing, and that is to line their own pockets. And they'll say whatever sounds good enough to get you to send them your uh, monthly gift, right? But God now responds to the idea of these evil shepherds. And so his first response is that the God shepherd brings the sheep together. Um, that's in part of in the last part of verse 2 and verse through verse 4. Um, we see God's immediate response to these shepherds, and I love his immediate response to the shepherds because he doesn't waste any time. It says in the last part of, of verse 2, You have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not attended to them. Behold, I'm about to attend to you for the evil of your deeds, declares the Lord. So God very clearly, in a very succinct way, says, you're about to be dealt with. He doesn't shy away from it. He goes straight at him. He says, I'm fixing to deal with you. And in verse 3, after he has said, I'm going to deal with you, you shepherds who have been bad shepherds, I'm going to deal with you. After he does that, the first thing he does, notice in verse 3, what does he do? It says, Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their pasture, and they will be fruitful and multiply. Once he t deals with the bad shepherds, he begins to gather, right? And this is, of course, it's going to happen over years for this particular group of people and what we need to see though is we need to see this pattern though right God throughout all of redemptive history and scripture is always gathering a remnant gathering his people bringing them out of places right we see one of the biggest ones is, is, is Noah Noah was the righteous one, and what did God do? He pulled him out, put him in the ark, and did away with the rest, but he saved a remnant, didn't he? Then we see, as the children of Israel, or actually even, even, even earlier than that, we see in this land of idolatry, we say, God say, Abraham, or Abram, you, I choose you, out from among them, go leave. Leave your father's house, leave your father's land, go to a place I'm telling you. He's pulling a remnant to himself. And then, of course, as the children of Israel end up in Egypt, what does he do? He pulls them out of Egypt. So he's always redeeming a remnant for himself. He's always choosing a people for himself. And God reaffirms his promise to Abraham in this verse. Notice what he says, to be fruitful and multiply. That's a promise that he made to Abraham, that your, your descendants will be like 
the sand of the sea and the stars in the sky, right? So, for this group of people, this gathering back together, actually we can kind of see it begin to take place physically. We can actually see it in Ezra and Nehemiah as they're brought back in and the walls rebuilt, right? And all these things happen. But here's the great thing. We see not just a type and shadow of this. We actually see the fulfillment in Jesus Christ. That in him we begin to see God's flock truly gathered out of every nation, right? Now, this I think is the key portion here to, to show us what's you know ahead and what is really the whole point of this whole situation. Honestly, God's sovereign will being done here. This is this is where we see the point that the God Shepherd brings a new leader. I want to read verses five and six to you. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. And he will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will, will dwell securely. And this is his name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness. What a wonderful set of verses. And what does this point to? It points to one thing for me. Because I've seen the fruit of this, right? For this people, they're looking for that. They're looking forward. Us, we're looking to Christ and seeing the righteous branch. We're seeing the one who is the Lord, our righteousness, right? It's the, this is a, a messianic prophecy of Christ. This is clearly displayed, the Christ of God coming to save. Now, God's response to the bad shepherds, I think, is pretty good here. He sees these, these bad shepherds leading his people, scattering them all over, going to all sorts of different things and, and different ideas and different cultural norms and social choices and, and doing all these evil things in his eyes that are against his word. And his, his way of doing it isn't just to rain fire and destroy them. His response is this. You're evil shepherds, but guess what? I'm going to bring the ultimate shepherd, the good shepherd, the shepherd who will lead and none will be scattered from him, right? And the idea of an ultimate shepherd, a good shepherd, is recurring in the New Testament as well. One of, what is the I am statement of Christ? He says, I am the good shepherd. And he, Jesus himself, as we see throughout Scripture, we see so many instances where him as a good shepherd, he is gathering the lost sheep to himself. What does he say about Jerusalem? Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how, how I would love to just gather you as a mother hen would gather her chicks, right? He says, um, if, if you have a hundred sheep and you lose one, don't you go look for it and don't you celebrate when you find it? So he, he is a sheep that come, he is a shepherd that comes to the lost sheep. 
But these bad shepherds, they don't care about the lost sheep. They care about themselves and they scatter them. For them, really, all the sheep are lost. And the answer for a lost sheep is a good shepherd. This righteous branch. And we can see very clearly based on what we've seen. And honestly, if we look throughout Scripture, we always see that there seems to, especially in the Old Testament narratives, we always see that, you know, God sets things up in an excellent way and he creates the position for, the, for, a, for a shepherd to lead, right? And what always seems to happen is there ends up being a bad one that comes in, right? There's always that one stinker that just comes in and begins to mess everything up. So we are, it's clear that none of the shepherds they have now are a righteous branch. They're not righteous in any way. But here's the thing, and this is the hope for the Christian. One day, our good shepherd is going to come, and he is going to rule in righteousness. And his reign is forever. He'll judge, and he'll ex he will expel unrighteousness forever. There will not be any more unrighteousness when Christ reigns. And to me, Christ is the perfect picture of those who would fight to the death to protect their sheep. Because he did. He went to the cross and died for us. And I love the next piece of this. It's so interesting to me. It says that the good shepherd brings a new reputation as well. In verses 7 and 8. So, really what the nation of Israel and Judah have kind of hung their hat on, so to speak, is, hey, we're the group that God brought out of Egypt and gave this land flowing with milk and honey. That's who we are. We are the children of Israel brought out of Egypt. Well, that reputation is fixing to change. They're fixing to not be that group that was brought out of Egypt anymore. Now they're going to be the ones who have been gathered back again from Babylon. And ultimately, Christ is going to gather all of his elect out of every nation, tribe, and tongue. And he's going to bring us all back to him, right? Because the scripture is very clear that he's not going to lose one of his. So, our reputation has is, is changed as well. The Christian, even though I've, I, don't have any, I don't have any Hebrew lineage at all, yet God has pulled me out of this nation, this tribe, this tongue, and drawn me unto himself. He truly is a good shepherd, and he doesn't leave any of his lost sheep to stray. So, in looking at this, I think we can take three points of application that can be helpful for us and probably bring us a lot of joy uh, in our daily walk. The first is this. In reading and studying Scripture, always be looking for Christ as the point. 
always be looking to see Christ. If we're looking for Christ in Scripture, you know what we're going to end up doing? We're going to find Him, and we're going to know Him better, and that's what we want to do. We want to see Christ, and we want to know Him more and more each day. Secondly, and this is a, a kind of a point of, 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 of heart guarding for us, don't listen to false shepherds. Don't listen to what they say. Don't read what they write. Don't, don't support their ministry. And also, don't fear to call them out. If you, you know, if you have people that are close to you and they're saying, man, I've been listening to this one, and he says, I can have this if I give this. We need to quickly be able to say, no, that is not, that's not the God of Scripture who tells us that. That's not a principle in, in, in the Bible at all. So don't be afraid to call that out. And lastly, follow the good shepherd. How do we follow the good shepherd? In prayer, Bible, church, family worship, devotion to him. And the way that we do that is with love and joy and peace. And looking through scripture, we see a constant hope in front of us. A looking to a day when the good shepherd is going to root out all the bad, all the bad shepherds, all the sh- all the unrighteousness in this world, and we will be with him forever in righteousness.